Welcome to Strike Deck Radio, a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by Strike Deck and the Success League. Strike Deck is a customer success automation platform that helps CSMs effectively manage their customer relationships. The Strike Deck solution enables churn prevention, upsells, and customer advocacy. They use machine learning and predictive analytics to bubble up insights and alerts about customer health, sentiment, and engagement. The Success League is a consulting firm focused on customer success. We work with executives who are ready to build and develop a top-performing customer success team that drives retention and revenue for their organization. We also offer training programs for CSMs and customer success leaders. For more information, you can visit our website at thesuccessleague.io. My name is Kristen Hayer, and I'm the host of Strike Deck Radio and the founder and CEO of the Success League. Today, I'm talking with Siraj Mahandas, the Vice President of Customer Success for Spear Education. They're an organization that is dedicated to the pursuit of great dentistry through ongoing education for dentists and dental practices. This is the second VP of Customer Success role for Siraj, and his next logical career step is the role of Chief Customer Officer. So today we're going to be talking about the role of CCO, the skills you need to build to get there, and what Siraj is doing to prepare himself for the Chief Customer Officer role. Thanks so much for being here today, Siraj. Hi, Kristen. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I'm a big fan of the podcast and I've quite enjoyed listening to several of the episodes. Um, so thank you for having me here. Suraj, I find it's interesting to hear how people landed in customer success because it's different for everybody. What was your career path into this field? I, the short version of it was probably customer success found me. Uh, I wish I could say I had a really well laid out plan to end up in customer success. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, it's 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 customer success found me. It happened around me, and uh, I, I haven't quite looked back since. Uh, you know, my my background has been in consulting roles um, in in supply chain pricing and operations, uh, operations research specifically. And um, when when it came to pricing and revenue optimization, which is which is what I did my doctoral work, I, I really took a liking to it. And uh, it you know, very few people actually get to implement what they learn in in school and. I just had the good fortune of, of working for a local company um, in their pricing and profitability department. And uh, that was my first foray into, into the professional um, arena. And while there, we really had to partner with a, uh, a company that did uh, predictive analytics and AI um, called Zillion. And a lot of their work involved setting up pricing algorithms for us. Uh, I didn't know then that I would be working for them um, shortly after after I worked at Insight, uh, and that was that was really my first entry into into SaaS because as I joined their team, they were moving over from an enterprise software model to a hosted model, and then later migrated to a multi-tenant SaaS. So that that really got me into SaaS and into the subscription economy, and it kind of opened my eyes to. The, the criticality of customer success um, in such businesses. After I joined their team, I, I kind of really joined their team in their professional services organization and um, had the privilege of leading that organization in EMEA and APAC. And um, after a stint in, um, in the UK, I, I got the opportunity to kind of lead customer success globally. 
the rest is history. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm quite pleased with the way it all turned out. That's great. I love hearing how people get into the field. It, I find it is a different story for everyone. I think we're all coming in from different angles. So that's really cool. I appreciate you sharing. I would love to hear a little more about your role right now and the team that you have at Spear as well. Would you mind sharing that? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, you know, as, as you mentioned in the intro, uh, the Spear's mission is quite simple. It's it's pursuit of great dentistry. And it, it truly is that. It's It's about... Uh, lining up a suite of educational products that really help dentists improve their um, skills, not just clinically, but also from a practice management skills. Now, you know, keep in mind, very few dentists go to dental school to to um, learn learn how to run a business, right? So, I think that's something that's something that that they come out with with a, a significant debt and uh, are looking to run or even buy a new practice and, and build it to profitability. So, you know, we, we do kind of treat it holistically. Um, and Spear has a very unique business model. You know, we have one of the best, um, you know, the world's best online dental education platform. The content and everything is, is such high quality. But we, we also combine it with a really best-in-class in-person seminar and workshop curriculum that's led by some of the world's most renowned dentists. Uh, so if you put those two together, you know, we're often referred to as the Harvard of dental education. And um, I, I think it's very true and the reputation is, is, is well warranted. Um, if, you, if you look a little further into how we are set up as far as product lines, you could treat it much like a university. You have an online platform, which is okay. Sphere Online. You have group learning, which is really a team-based learning environment called study clubs. You have a group of mentors, which is really the faculty club that are more tenured dentists helping junior dentists. Um, and we also have seminars, which are a lot like lectures and workshops that are hands-on learning opportunities. So if you put that together, you, you could compare it to most universities and you can say, huh, it kind of looks like a university. Um, yeah. so that's, that's, that's kind of how Spear is set up. So we're, we're everything under one umbrella, um, and, and the machinery is, is set up, but what makes this an awesome company is, is really the talented team of customer success and sales professionals that I get to work with on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, they're aligned with each of these product suites and are focused on everything post the initial sale. So they take care of everything from onboarding to nurturing to renewal, cross-sell and upsell. They control the entire customer journey after the initial sale. That's great. I, I love to ask people that question because CS teams are so different from each other that I think it's helpful to understand your perspective on what customer success covers in your organization. So thank you for sharing that. So, Siraj, when you and I started talking about this podcast, we landed on this topic because we thought it would be interesting to talk about the career path to chief customer officer. Big companies have had the CCO role for a few decades now, but it has only been heavily discussed in customer success forums for the past few years. Why do you think the role is becoming more prevalent? So it's it's pretty awesome the the rise of this role and um, to me all the research I've been doing I, I turn to books and blogs and white papers and really understand what what uh, the the community is is really speaking about when it comes to this role and I find it directly tied to the age of the customer you know the subscription economy that that is really where I would say the the 
the emergence of the role or the resurgence of the role is coming from. And from my point of view, the role is becoming not just more prevalent, but the scope of responsibility is getting to be a lot wider than what it used to be. You know, I was at I, I was at the Gainsight CCO conference recently and uh, had the pleasure of listening to Jeffrey Moore, um, you know, from Crossing the Chasm. And he, he referred to the current paradigm as, um, you know, a, a customer centric environment where the customer is the scarce commodity. Um, yeah. they, they have a lot of options and it's no longer um you can no longer assume that the customer is is readily available. They are the scarce commodity. And in such a paradigm, the CCO role is responsible for protecting the scarce commodity. And the only way you could do that is by driving significant customer outcomes and value. If you're not doing that, and if you're not hyper-focused, and if you don't have a C-suite ownership of that entire customer base, uh, it'll be hard for you to kind of capture um, the momentum that the subscription economy is creating. So, Suraj, tell me, what do you think the biggest differences are between the vice president of customer success role and the chief customer officer role? Because I see a lot of VP of customer success roles out there, and I am seeing fewer but a rising number of CCO roles. And so what, what's the difference? Or are they basically the same thing with one that has a, a bigger title? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, uh, the first time I came across chief customer officer, you know, the title of chief customer officer, I, I started wondering, well, you know, where, where does this sit in an organization? What does that really mean? And, you know, I must say, before I answer this question, uh, in some companies, this this role can be one and the same. The VP of customer success could very well be the de facto CCO. Uh, but if you were to try and define it and really pull those roles apart uh, for the sake of defining what each of them entail, the, the customer success, the VP of customer success is typically responsible for the customer journey that, that really focuses on, you know, the value, the customer, um, you know, purchasing the, the product and the onboarding, nurturing, et cetera, just to make sure the customer renews and buys more. Now, I'm not even going to get into a topic, which is the, probably one of the most hotly debated topics, which is should customer success own renewals, cross sales, upsells, et cetera. It probably, you know, take us down, not another path. Yeah, and, and use that's up most a whole of this episode. different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's, if I steer clear of that iceberg, um, what, what I would say is, uh, the, the CCO role, in my, in my opinion, almost always owns the customer success functions such as renewals, upsell, cross-sell. When you take it up to that C-level role, that debate is, is a non, non-debate, in my opinion. Um, and it also, in addition to owning that, there are several other customer functions with, with the responsibility of managing the customer base uh, that falls under a, a customer chief customer officer role. And it has to be one chief executive that has end-to-end responsibility for the existing customer base. So to me, it's it's a much higher responsibility. It's a broader responsibility. And uh, the VP of customer success is, is probably just a sliver of what a CCO would be held accountable for. Okay, well, that kind of leads into my next question, which is really, what do you see those functions, that, those broader set of functions, what are they within an organization that has a chief customer officer? 
we're just going to put everything under the CCO. I think probably the simplest answer. <laughs> but um, all of it, <laughs> all of it, exactly. So, uh, but in all seriousness, I think it's definitely a lot more than it used to be. Uh, to build on my previous answer, you know, the CCO role is is responsible for several customer facing functions, um, such as customer success with the renewals, upsells, cross sales included in there. But what we find it, find is to support a customer success customer really well and to support a customer base really well, you also have to talk about other functions such as customer support, customer success operations, customer success marketing, uh, customer experience, which is where CCO was traditionally. We'll talk about that later. Uh, professional services and also pre-sale support. Now, I'm happy to spend a little more time on each of these. Uh, functions for for those that are new to customer success or SaaS. And I think that'll shed a, a little more light into what each of those functions really are held accountable to. That would be great. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Awesome. So from a customer support point of view, so obviously we've been talking about customer success and I think that's really well understood. But if you were to look at customer support, that's really a department that manages the reactive bug fixes. And uh, it's pretty much the phone rings when something breaks. Um, mm -hmm. customer success operations is, is really very akin to sales operations that everyone's used to, but it's mm -hmm. focused on making sure everyone's kind of, um, singing from the, singing from the same page or playing to the same tune. Um, and that just keeps all these functions coordinated. Customer success marketing is all about campaigns, collateral, social, educational webinars, advocacy, everything that helps us execute, execute customer success strategies in a, in a very streamlined way um, to get retention, upsell, and cross-sell. Now, customer experience uh, is, is where I have seen a lot of chatter when it comes to CCO in the traditional sense. And this really speaks to the emotional experience the customer has. Um, it's the emotional highs and lows. How do we kind of maximize emotional highs? How do we reduce the, the pain points that they experience? Um, and that's really what customer experience is responsible for. So can I ask just yeah. really quickly on that one? Um, how how do you see that crossing over then with the product team? Um, because, I, you know, I, I see some some overlap between, you know, where the chief technology officer or, or the chief marketing officer may have the product function sitting mm -hmm. in their group. A lot of the customer experience um, components that I've seen in other organizations, you know, that's that's a product owned department mm -hmm. or it's a um, product related department. How, how do you see that crossover happening with the customer experience group? Yeah, that, I mean, that's a, that's a really good question. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to venture an answer because that's something that I'm still trying <laughs> to learn um, and understand a lot better. For me, for me, the basics of UI design and how a product is designed to be uh, attractive, to be easy to use from a customer point of view is, is something that I've seen uh, a lot of the product VPs um, really, really think a lot and, and put in a lot of time into. But when it comes to customer experience and how the customer truly interacts with that product and how we kind of stay close to that interaction, because just because you designed a product a certain way, it doesn't mean the customer is going to experience it that way. There's always right. going to be things <laughs> that you learn, the things that they find out. And, you know, I always see customer success as, as a department that, you know, fixes the gap between or is, is sort of a bridge between 
the product deficiencies and the customer expectations, right? Like that's that's really where uh, customer experience comes in from a from a CCO or a customer success point of view is how are my customers experiencing a product? How was it intended to be um, used? How do we design it with that intent? And then how do we use that input from customer experience to go further back and and refine and further iterate on the product so that it truly is a smooth, seamless experience for for the customer. So there's a lot of points of view on that. Yeah, so this could be, you know, a liaison between the customer success department and the product department, Um, or it could be somebody who's really, truly a, a product person sitting in the chief customer officer's area. But it completes it. I think like, there's, there's, a good, yeah. there's a good overlap there. And, you know, it, in every one of these functions that we've talked about, which is customer success operations or marketing um, or, you know, customer experience, there there's definitely a department that if you strip away the customer success component exists within the company. So you're, you're just putting a fine tooth comb on that and really focusing a customer success marketing or customer success operations team on outcomes or objectives that are very specific to an existing customer base, not necessarily a uh, new customer acquisition or a product marketing or any of those um, extensions, if you will. Got it. Okay, I derailed you. Let's get back to your list. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a good. That was a really good discussion, and and uh, like I said earlier, it, it's something that I'm learning a lot more about, and. Um, you know, there's definitely a lot of really good points of view that I can that I can refer uh, the listeners to. Uh, Great. Just just closing out the list really quickly. Professional services, obviously, for anyone that's been in enterprise software or um, in in a product that requires a lot of configuration upfront, it's really where the product needs to be configured upfront before the product can be used. That that is typically a department that would roll into uh, the chief customer officer. And obviously, the the pre-sale support, which is all about helping gather more logos or bring in new business by participating in sales calls, valuable testimonials being provided. That's really uh, the pre-sale support. And you know, to me, to me, those are just the the topics or the functions that I could include within the customer success or the chief customer success role. Um, but obviously, as this as this domain grows, there could be other functions that just naturally fit into this. Um, so to me, if you look at that, look at that gambit or look at the range of those functions that are pointed towards the customer, it's it's a no-brainer that you you need a, a CCO type role to just orchestrate all of these key functions and keep the organization focused on managing that key asset, which is the customer. Right. It seems like, you know, just from my own experience and looking at organizations that are are currently out there who have chief customer officers, that they have traditionally come from the product or the customer experience side of organizations. How do you see that shifting? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. And it kind of um, is, is something that we just were, were starting to talk about, which is customer experience and what does that really mean? Um, and where does that sit? So the CCO role from everything that I've been researching is something that has, you know, was predominantly born out of product design and customer experience. 
it was really about having an advocate within the company that looked out for the best interest of the customer. And all they did was feverishly work to improve the customer experience by looking at the most minutest of details and, and collaborating with, with the responsible departments, be it product or marketing or you know, UI design, et cetera. Now, these roles, these roles or the customer uh, chief customer's officer role has existed for decades in B2C companies. And you can think of companies like you know, VW, Volkswagen, um, Samsung, Cleveland Clinic. So it's, yeah. it's really been, been there because all they care about is, hey, when you interact with us, are you having an awesome customer experience? When you leave, do you feel good about interacting with the product or our services? And, um, you know, I can I can refer to a, a really good podcast by Gene Bliss. And, you know, it's it's actually a human, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. A human duct tape show. And it's 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 truly defining what the CCO role is. And it's a great listen for anyone trying to understand uh, the, the historical domain of the CCO role. Um, she does no. a really good job with that oh, podcast. Oh, yeah. I really like that. That's one of my listen to you whenever they come out podcasts. <laughs> yeah, it, and she, yeah, I totally agree. So that's that's definitely one of my favorites. And uh, um, as I've started learning about these uh, the role, um, it, it's been my first go to. Now, with the rise of the subscription economy, the CCO is now moving away from a role that was kind of previously lead by influence, if you will, to a role that has absolutely direct ownership to PNL and is held accountable to a revenue and retention target. Yeah. You know, I've been thinking about this as a, lo- a lot and, you know, I've always tried to find analogies. And to me, I always find that the newest, this newest avatar, if you will, of the CCO role um, and the way it kind of brings together customer success and customer experience is, is very analogous to, you know, how the left and the right side of the brain work together. Go with me here. Yeah. It may be a stretch. Um, but what, what, what was predominantly, you know, if you think about it, uh, a right brain dominant role based on emotions, experience, creativity, um, which is the traditional CCO role, is, is getting a, a real healthy complement of process, logic, structure, KPIs from what is typically a left side of the brain. Um, so if, if, I, if I look at it that way, you know, what I definitely see is is that we would we would definitely see a plenty of plenty of individuals making the journey from either side of of the uh, brain, if you will, uh, in the coming years, just to gain a more comprehensive, well-rounded right plus left brain CCO skill set, and that that truly would be a, a, an awesome CCO skill set to have. I think that's great, and I I like that that leaves it open for people from either side of the organization to move up into a role like that. I love your right brain, left brain analogy. I think that's a great way to think about it. What do you think customer success leaders bring to the table that is different from what CX leaders can provide? Yeah, and that's that's really what why I thought I could even think about that as a next career progression, because the customer success side of the business is, is so super metric oriented i.e. super left brain and the subscription business is so structured it caters itself to like standard metrics goals clear kpis you know we use metrics we love those three letter acronyms we love arr mrr ltvs you know, cat rate cat to ltv ratios the, these metrics wouldn't exist if we weren't able to look at it in a very fundamental and structured fashion 
And uh, those are metrics that are essential to the subscription business. And that's where we're seeing the growth in this, in this age of a customer. Um, in addition to that, customer success leaders, and I can speak to it from my own personal experience, is that we work a lot with other departments, such as operations, marketing, support, and sales, which makes the CCO coming from a customer side, success side of the organization to be well-qualified to kind of own the customer relationship in its entirety. That's great. I, I like the way that you are thinking about this. And I think, you know, sometimes it can be easy, especially for leaders who are earlier in their leadership career to, to really focus on the um, soft side of customer success and the making customers happy piece. And I think it's really important that you call out that in order to move into this kind of a leadership role, the metrics are absolutely critical and understanding mm -hmm. and having a, a clear and well-defined set of metrics and goals for the team is what can propel you through the leadership ranks and is going to serve you well in the long run and really be the big selling point for you to move into the chief customer officer role from you know, an, another customer success role in the, the organization. To totally agree. And, uh, you know, it... There have been a lot of blogs that I've been reading, and uh, you know, there's it's it's definitely I made my customer happy is is probably it, it doesn't necessarily always translate into a revenue objective. So, um, right. it, it, being able to quantify it and being able yeah. to um, tie it back to uh, tying tying it back to retention rate or tying it back to the top line revenue growth, uh, a new logo acquisition, those are the metrics that really get you into that um, C suite type discussion uh, to be to be sure absolutely we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors and we'll be back with the rest of the interview in a minute today I want to share some information about the customer success workshops we offer at the success league each of the classes we teach as a part of our CSM training program is also offered in a two to three hour expanded workshop format these on-site sessions are designed to provide a rich learning experience for customer success teams and include group discussions, team exercises, and tools that team members can put to use right away. Some of the recent topics we have been addressing through these workshops are engaging executives, uncovering opportunities, building persuasion and negotiation skills, and managing time. If you have a customer success team event coming up, consider adding one of our half or full day workshops to build your group's skills and drive teamwork. I also want to mention a terrific resource from Strike Deck called The Beginner's Guide to Customer Success. This is a 200 page ebook you can download from Amazon, and it includes fantastic tips, articles, and exercises to grow your career in customer success. CSMs will find information that helps them get started in the field, and managers will gain tools they can implement to help build the customer success function within their organization. For more information about either the workshops or the ebook, you can visit thesuccessleague.io or strikedeck.com. And now back to our interview. So, Siraj, from your perspective, what is the division between the chief customer officer and the chief revenue officer? In some organizations, do you think it makes sense to put all of the customer-facing functions under one or under the other? Yeah, another really good question here. I'm, I'm going to go with the quintessential business school answer, <laughs> which is it depends. Oh, um, I learned that in business school, too. <laughs> you went to a good business school. Great answer. Um, so, <laughs> 
we should probably leave it at that. But if, if you were to look at it, 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 it depends on the business model, you know, the maturity of the company, yeah. the mix of how much new versus subscription revenue. If you're an early company, if you're just starting off, most of your revenue is probably new business, not so much subscription revenue. Um, and also looking at the skill set of the leadership team, right? Do you have someone that could potentially own the, the entire um, functions, um, entire set of customer functions under one umbrella? Or do we need to kind of break it out into a CCO and CRO? In, in more mature companies, and, you know, I, I truly believe like Spear is headed in that direction, um, when, when subscription revenue starts becoming a significant portion of the overall um, revenue that the company is generating, uh, it, it's possible to just draw a line right down where the point of sale is and say everything below that, before that point of sale is really the responsibility of a CRO and everything that is after that point of sale is uh, the CCO's responsibility. So the CCO by, by that definition is focused on just making existing customers awesome and successful. And the CRO is, is really focused on uh, bringing in new logos, is, is managing a true team of hunters with business development tools and resources. So to me, that, that there is a little bit of it depends. But once you, once you grow to a, a point where the subscription revenue is a significant portion of overall revenue, um, it may be easier to demarcate that. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I wanted to ask, what skills do you think it takes to jump from a VP of customer success into a chief customer officer role? What are you, what are you doing to build your skills? Jiu-jitsu, I would think. <laughs> but that, that, that kind of a jump, really strong legs. Uh, you know, uh, again, again, just, just being um, in all seriousness, it's a very interesting journey for me. Um, and I've been leading, uh, reading a lot of, uh, again, I've turned to books, blogs, white papers. And I, I really think it's, it's sort of a choose-your-own-adventure type experience, depending on the VP of customer success and, and where they are and what their current scope of the role is. Uh, to me, it was very important to understand what the true nature of the CCO role is, um, almost a list of responsibilities, um, and, and kind of start saying, okay, these are things that I have. These are the things I need to go get. And if possible, and if your company supports it, start doing tours of duty, start doing rotations in, in some of the other departments so that you can learn about them. And if that's not really possible, get a deeper understanding of what these functions truly are about so that at some time, some point in your career, uh, you are comfortable managing these functions. You know, I was fortunate enough to have spent time in a professional services organization and, you know, managing customer support and success operations. So for me, it was all about building my skill set on the CX side, which, you know, the engineer in me is, is probably the least comfortable with, right? Emotions, feelings, et cetera. So, um, it's, it's something that I have a lot to learn um, on, and I'm looking into ways I could, I could really strengthen that side of, of my skill set. Luckily, and, and you know, since this, this part of the um, customer-facing function has existed for so many years, there are very established certifications like the CCXP certification, which is you know, Certified Customer Experience Professional. That, that further um, builds into the customer experience part of, of, the, of the role. Uh, and additionally, there are several really good podcasts out there, similar to the one we talked about mm -hmm. with Gene Bliss, that 
point out the valuable insights of what CX truly means and why it is important and how it's being redefined in the age of the customer. You know, last but not least, I, I look for opportunities to kind of apply some of these CX principles that I'm picking up into my current role, either in the customer journey design or the customer onboarding design so that, you know, I get to learn from my own experiences by, by putting some of this theory into practice. Can I ask a little bit more about that? What are some of the projects you worked on? You mentioned customer journey design. Have you, have you done anything more than that? Or how are you, I guess, what have you been doing? <laughs> the audience wants to know. <laughs> yeah, I know. What have I done? What have I done? Um, I, you know, to, to be honest, this, is, this has been a, a journey that I've start, just started on. And um, to me, the parts of the CX, um, you know, journey that I've, that I've started to understand, to me, the, the projects that I've been able to apply it to and, or just started applying it to would be definitely how do you make the onboarding experience awesome, right? How do you make the renewal experience awesome? Um, how do you drop value moments that create that emotional high and, and give the customer the feeling that they're getting a lot of value for, for their investment? Um, so th- those are really all about enhancing the customer journey. Obviously, as you can um, relate to it, enhancing those, those parts of the journey directly tie into their probability of renewal, upsell, cross-sell, et cetera. So that's one project, but it's a significant project that we've just uh, undertaken. And in addition to that, we're also looking at um, how the customer is interacting with our online platform. We're, we're doing NPS surveys, we're doing CES surveys pretty soon here, just to understand um, what are some of the friction points so that we could reduce those friction points. And you know that's that's just rich literature in the CX side of, uh, of this domain that speaks to the benefits of reducing and running a frictionless business on how, um, how that could turn into a, a lot more top line, top line revenue. That's great. I really appreciate you sharing that with the group. I think uh, it's good for people to hear how they can go about in a practical way, kind of expanding their skills while they're in the role that they're in right now. So those are some great examples. Thank you. So, Siraj, are there specific sizes or structures of companies that would be most likely to have a chief customer officer? What What do you think those are? Yeah, it, it you know it's something that we we talked about earlier as well, and it it does depend on factors such as the business model, the maturity of the company, you know how much revenue is new versus subscription, and you know do you have the right leadership team that can that can um, you know, that can really satisfy the need uh, for a CCO. To me, if it's an early stage or a fairly small or medium sized company, you know we may not. Uh, need a CCO, but as the company grows and the possibility of miscommunication between the disparate function increases, and you know, to be honest, you have a lot more at stake with the uh, existing revenue or the renewing revenue. Um, uh, that's that's really where the CCO role really becomes impactful, and uh, that's really where you could put all these functions under one umbrella. Uh, in the interest of achieving business objectives and improving customer experience. So to me, I, I tend to tie it to size a, a, a lot more than a lot of the other factors that we talked about, because mm-hmm. um, that's truly where you you tend to kind of differentiate between, like we said, a CCO and a CRO, et cetera. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I think the chief customer officer is a kind of a lot of overkill in, in startups. And I think most startups can't really afford a person who's considered a chief customer officer and probably don't want that level of complexity in their senior leadership team. But, you know, as, as they grow, I think, I think it's around, um, you're right, both size and then sometimes complexity of services and product as well. And, you know, mm-hmm. if they're, okay. if it's a very complex organization where, you know, there's maybe multiple stakeholders who are, a part of the process and maybe it's technology, but there's services that sit around the technology. I think that's true of your organization, right? Where you've got SaaS products and then you have people who are servicing your customers that sit around the products themselves. In organizations mm-hmm. like that, where there's more complexity, I think it introduces the need for a chief customer officer a little bit sooner. Yeah, totally. I completely agree. I think you know, more the complexity, the the higher possibility of someone getting something wrong when yeah. it comes to communication. So I think when you when you have that 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 you know the complex orchestra setup, if you will, you you, you need a coordinator. So I think that's that's I agree with that one hundred percent. So. I was at the Tatango Customer Success Summit this spring, Mm -hmm. and there was a very interesting presentation where they contrasted a VP of customer success presenting a very customer-focused pitch for growing the customer success team. It was kind of an, aren't we making our customers so happy sort of a pitch. And they contrasted that with a very revenue and growth focused pitch. And so it was, here's how the customer success team is adding value to the organization. And the second pitch was considered the chief customer officer level pitch. Do you agree or disagree with that approach? <laughs> yeah, for, for me, I, I, it's funny we talked about it earlier as well. It, it definitely the second pitch, um, you know, because I, I don't think you could you could do the second without without kind of making sure the customers are successful. So for yeah. me, this is exactly yeah. what I'm seeing as a biggest change in the the second coming or the evolution of the CCO role. You know, the CCO is responsible for an organization that is a revenue generating organization and is almost, you know, every function that rolls under the CCO role ties to a revenue number or revenue outcome, um, either by reducing churn or increasing the customer spend um, or helping generate new logo business by working with the sales team. So to me, um, it, it's, it's probably the, you know, it's not even probably, it's definitely the second pitch and it's, it's kind of a no brainer because that's, that's really what justifies a, a, a C-level role. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, one thing that, that sort of bothers me that I hear a lot is, you know, people saying, oh, customer success shouldn't be responsible for revenue because it's, you know, we, then we're getting our hands dirty and we're not a trusted advisor. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, mm-hmm. well, I don't, think that customer success teams necessarily need to be responsible for selling things to the customer. Mm -hmm. I think they're always responsible for revenue. And it's just really a matter then of how do you measure it more than are you responsible for it? You are responsible for it, period. And I think that the leaders who have a hard time accepting that are going to have a harder time moving into a chief customer officer role because they're not seeing or able to clearly communicate the the impact that they're making from a revenue standpoint on the organization, because whether they can com- convey that or not to their leadership team is what is going to make the difference between them, you know, moving into a director level role and then kind of stopping or moving mm-hmm. into a chief or VP level role. So, yeah, I think it's interesting. 
Um, yeah, I c- completely agree. I mean, it, if you need, a, you know, this is a role that that has several functions, and you're, you're probably going to go to your chief executive more than once with with a request for money or people or both. <laughs> and <laughs> I think I think for that pitch to stick, it it has to come from uh, come from a point of you know, I'm putting a dollar in, you know, what is that translating into uh, when it comes to top line revenue um, or shareholder value, et cetera. So I think it's super important to to make that tie. Yeah, absolutely. So before we wrap up for today, I want to ask you the question that we ask all of our guests. I think I might know the answer, but what do you see as the biggest trend in the field right now and why? Oh, you know, we, we, we've spent an entire podcast and I'm sure we could spend <laughs> another podcast. Yeah, we could spend another podcast talking about this, which is I, I truly think the biggest trend is indeed the rise of, you know, the CCO role. And I'm, I'm really fascinated by it. So, you know, the age of the customers here and, you know, it really warrants a chief to manage the internal complexities and, and really protect the most precious asset that, that we have, uh, which is the customer. So uh, it's it's definitely... If you were to ask me, and you are, that is the biggest trend, um, and I'm definitely excited about it. Well, Suraj, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today and for sharing with our audience your career aspirations and your approach and your thoughts. I know many in customer success are looking for the next steps for their careers, and I'm sure this discussion was helpful to those in senior leadership roles. So thank you for your time. Oh, it was a, it was an absolute pleasure to to be here, Kristen. Thanks for having me, and I, I sure do hope uh, this information was helpful. Uh, you're welcome to take this journey with me, and um, as I learn, um, you know, I'm I'm more than happy to share any further insights or learnings. Um, you know, you can reach me on LinkedIn, or you can email me directly at uh, surajmohandas at hotmail dot com. Yes, it is a hotmail account. Don't judge me. <laughs> Nobody's judging. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's been a pleasure to be here. And, and thanks for thanks for me having me on the on the podcast. Thanks so much. I also want to thank our sponsors, Strike Deck and the Success League. To learn more about Strike Deck, you can visit strikedeck.com and follow Strike Deck on LinkedIn or at Strike Deck on Twitter. To find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io, and follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL customers on Twitter. To get all of the latest episodes, please subscribe to Strike Deck Radio on iTunes or SoundCloud. And finally, thanks for listening to this podcast and we hope you'll join us next time. 